All right. So are we ready? Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I'm your host, Neil Cordray. I'm joined this week by Mike and just Mike. Yeah. The one true Mike? No, uh, it doesn't have quite the same ring, but uh, turnabout is fair play since uh, Mike wasn't here for a Shang-Chi review. Uh, ben is not here for a Venom Let There Be Carnage review. Um, it's mostly let's because. Just, let's just hope the pattern doesn't continue. We're not missing you next time. <laughs> you know, you say that, but I honestly, I, for a second, if. Because we had to we had to punt this slightly, I almost said to you guys, if you had both seen it, just review it with just do it without me. <laughs> but, uh like that one time I was dying of pneumonia. Uh <laughs> exactly. I have no idea what that episode was about. I can't even remember because I wasn't there. Um in any case, uh so another movie review. Venom, let there be carnage, Venom 2. Um Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Standard procedure, spoilers, non-spoilers. Um, but first, of course, the signal boost. You got anything, Mike? Uh, I don't really, don't really have any, don't really have anything that's not super obvious. Um, campaign three of Critical Role obviously doesn't need boosting, but yes, that started uh, what Thursday? I I checked that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it just uh, kicked off Thursday. I think um, what one thing they're doing. Um, differently this time is um they have dedicated the uh the last thursday of every month will it will be dark will not be a new episode so they have more flexibility to do stuff and sleep and be human you know um so i think that's probably a good idea it's a wise move on their part part of why we move to every other week yeah um and then also um you know obviously people have varying levels of uh interest or participation with uh said show because you know it's like friggin three to four hours uh every week or now you know Mm -hmm. three out of the four weeks basically um Mm -hmm. but uh even just casual viewers um be interested to um check out their little behind the set behind the scenes video because holy shit they have this new set it's fucking amazing there have been there's been this like uh this ongoing uh, joke about critical role land like their own amusement park that they design on these previous videos and in a weird way it's kind of come true because they didn't actually design a theme park but they got people who professionally work on amusement parks to help design this custom studio from the ground up nice. so there's like some willy wonka shit going on in the sense that they have like everything designed like from concept to finished product to have like uh, everything integrated where they can do these like projection effects and stuff and all this crazy like lighting and stuff. Um, So in the first episode, um, you know, I can say without really spoiling any actual like story type stuff um, in, in the game, they, you know, they, they go through various times of day and night and they, uh, they queue up the effect on the set. So if you watch the video or stream or what, have you you can see the entire place like brighten or darken to simulate the time of day or night that it is and it is pretty damn impressive say and um you know this this could be a whole nother this could be a whole nother um episode of course but um it's not surprising that they can do such things considering uh with the twitch leak you know that they're the number one earning <laughs> number one earning yeah. twitch channel and all of twitch uh now granted you know uh, there's a lot of people who just kind of take a quick glance at it and then draw hastily con- hasty conclusions and yeah they uh, have a they takes. they have a uh, 
they have a large production team too. Yeah, I mean it's it's a full on business that has like I don't know a couple dozen employees or something. Yeah. And of course they live in uh, the uh, Socialist Republic of uh, California, so it ain't cheap to run a business there. Um, or even people, just to no, live there. People's Republic. That's that's what I was going for. Yes, People's Republic of California. Uh, yeah, even just living there is extremely yeah. expensive and difficult. And of course, uh, people have chose to not live there anymore, voted with their feet. Uh, but be that as it may, I don't want to get into too political waters. That's just a practical matter is, yes, there is extremely high taxes and extremely um, involved regulations when it comes to um, owning a business or even just breathing air in California. But um, anyway, point is, uh, they, I'm sure they have a lot of overhead and um, they have been doing this for a while. Um, so the number that people look at on the Twitch leak, it's like, okay, well, first of all, it's not just like a year. It's the entire time uh, that they had been going since they made their Twitch channel live, I think. Mm -hmm. And then you factor in, you know, all of the employees that they're paying and all of the all the stuff that they're investing in as, as far as like, you know, building set and maintaining all this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, you, you got nine point six million dollars sounds like a lot of money. And it is if you are sitting if you're if you're like me and on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash ring it on blue, um, sitting in front of your computer with a green screen and a, and a microphone that you and that's it. But at the same time, they are, you know, they, they, that's not what they're doing. <laughs> right. And to be fair as well, they, they've also been consistent ever since they started. Um um, back in the back in the early days of 2015, when they're a humble geek and sundry show with um, you know um, like significant tech issues, <laughs> those mm -hmm. first episodes, um, they have been consistent about like um, doing a lot of charity stuff, and they even have their own like charity foundation now. And now yeah. uh, Ashley Johnson is like a dedicated person for just that. Uh, so you know it's one of those things where it's like <clears throat> there's some cognitive dissonance when it comes to people um like just looking at a number meg like, ooh number is big i am mad and it's like well why though it's like if yeah. if if you're choosing to support them shouldn't you be happy that they're that successful it's like yeah it, i don't know it's just people get weird about money often and yeah, about and, numbers and they don't you know and even me as as a as a as a sad sniveling leftist socialist anarchist um i don't consider that 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 money to be uh to be particularly undue either. Well, it's like, like regardless <laughs> of people's like political and economic views and stuff, people should be able to find common ground in that, you know, like yeah. they, they have earned it. Yeah, and they have. They, and, and they have I never, agree. and they've never been less than like forthcoming mm -hmm. about like, you know, what they're about and how they, you know, like what they do, how, where they're spending money. Perfect example of this is the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter that happened for the Vox Machina animated, Legend of Vox Machina animated thing, which turned out to be one of the biggest Kickstarters of all time. It was like number one in the category and like top 10 of Kickstarters uh, everywhere since the dawn yeah. of Kickstarters. Well, perfect example of that is you have to remember like they were making all of this, uh, and I'll try to wrap this up because we're really going on a tangent here, but it's an interesting topic. <laughs> um, and I have a whole lot of other stuff to cover here for me on <laughs> Sigma Boost, but uh, it's fair. Um, they they asked for a relatively humble amount of money. I think it was like 250 grand or something to like do like ba basically a fancy pilot and maybe like an extended like special like one extended one off special. And people that just you know went ah shut up and take all my money and here's some yeah. more money. And they're like oh okay. And they just kept like expanding it and doing all they could to like you know put as much value out there as possible with all the stretch goals and you know additional episodes blah blah blah. 
It, of course, got picked up by Amazon, yada, yada, yada. But the point is, like, they could, like, given how, what a large and loyal fan base they have, they could easily, like, um, you know, monetize their stuff more and, like, yes, really milk what they have. Uh, now, part of it, you could argue, is, you know, being shrewd in the sense that they're not wearing out their we're good guys brand, right? But I think they're just honestly people that aren't as interested in that and are just, you know, good, fair people. Yeah. Um, so artistic people tend to be more in it for the art and they are all artistic people. Yeah. And, and another, I think um, Liam O'Brien summed it up best when, uh, and it's really worth a watch to check out that, um, that behind the scenes video. I think it's like, you know, five to 10 minutes, maybe fairly short, but uh, they talk about, you know, the set and just a lot of, you know, just the whole like process of having people kind of like come back together and stuff after they had the socially distanced set for the longest time and everything, how happy they are to get back at the same table yeah. together, blah, blah, blah. Well, what Liam said was, um, to paraphrase here, he said, we're, we're creators that are in charge of our creation. That is extremely rare, rarer than this set. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's very well put. So aside so, from that mm -hmm. obvious thing, um, <laughs> Don't really have much. I I will. I guess I can do one thing. It's a little less obvious to kind of um, be on brand here for the episode. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I would say the old school Venom comics from the '90s. Uh, they vary in quality, but um, there are there's some that are pretty solid. And um, for people that are curious about all this talk being thrown around about Lethal Protector, the original six issue lethal protector venom limited series is definitely worth a read really cool and it, it's the thing that basically um it's the kind of trial run that led to venom getting his own actual regular series and becoming a thing mm -hmm. so read that if you haven't and the trade is available on uh, on amazon although it's not actually directly or no no here it is here we go here's uh yes it, it did get in fact get a reprint it's available um with yeah, Kindle sure Unlimited. I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure there's digital there's yeah. digital versions of all these things. So go forth and consume. Yeah. It's on Kindle Unlimited, and you can also just buy it on Amazon. So in case you're interested. Um, so my, uh, I think I may have talked about this guy once already, but he's worth a, a repeat because he's just a really bizarrely engaging YouTuber. There's a YouTuber out there who goes by the name of Post10. And here is what he does. He goes out for the fun of it and films himself unblocking and unclogging storm drains and culverts. I don't think you've mentioned. Okay, well, this is what he does. Um, he he just he does it for the fun of it. Now, <clears throat> if and before if you are thinking like I did, man, that sounds fun. Uh, do also remember that, um, especially if you're unblock like unblocking backed up storm drains not too bad but unblocking actual culverts you should be careful because they can actually get dangerous in a hurry um so be you can it, it's actually pretty easy to drown in a culvert that you just unblocked if it was backed up significantly standard standard jackass disclaimer at the beginning of the episode <laughs> yeah don't there there is specific like safety procedures and training that should be followed if you're going to do this and he has had all of those but like it's just some of the most, I have no idea why it is as appealing as it is. Like I, it showed up randomly once on one, one day on my YouTube, uh, suggestions page. So Almighty. YouTube's got me, you, YouTube's got me pegged. Um, uh, but it's it was another algorithm. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just a lot. It's just really interesting to watch. He he he's recently waged war with a, with a few beavers. <laughs> That's a great out of context line, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's entirely accurate too. There's there are some beavers that keep damming up a a culvert, and Damn because. <laughs> And because they're doing that, they're causing damage to the roadway. Um, so he's not so he's not violating conservation laws in removing the dam because there there is conservation laws about about dealing with beavers in certain circumstances. Um, <laughs> something something law of conservation of it. Well, I was going to say nature conservation, but whatever. Um, and apparently recently those beavers were trapped and relocated, so they'll stop doing the thing. But there were, there was a, there was a group of about five episodes where he would take down a dam and then he'd come back like two days later and there it was again. Uh, so it's funny because like those beavers are inadvertently creating juicy internet content. I know. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's gotta be a small part of him. It's like, but damn it, this is great stuff. Frustrating yeah. as this is, <laughs> this is now a saga. And it seems <laughs> that he just does this sort of thing for fun. I mean, yes, he's got, he can't, he videos himself doing it and puts it up on the YouTube, but there's very little commentary. Yeah. Um, it's really just a video of him doing that. And then as he unblocks things, the water, rushes into the culverts of the storm drains and and you get sort of the satisfact the satisfying uh for lack of a better word satisfying appearance of just you know the the water level dropping it's like and uh, normalizing it's like one of those um <laughs> it's like one of those puzzles in like a legend of zelda game or yeah kind you know, of it's like <laughs> oh hey now i've done the thing the water levels fixed yeah Except usually it involves him just putting on a pair of uh, thigh-high uh, waiter boots and grabbing a rake and just going to town on mostly, you know, vegetation. Anyhow, that's my that's my uh, shout-out for the, or signal boost for the episode, because that was, it's just... Well, thanks for evening out my extremely popular thing that does not need any boost. Well, to be, here's the thing. For something that sounds as weird as that, he has 455,000 YouTube subscribers. Wow, impressive. Because apparently enough people also find his um his content oddly compelling. That was the word I wanted earlier. It's oddly compelling because it's Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it. It's it's worth a it's worth a watch. I'll I'll throw up a a link on the doobly doo. Um this is the closest we're going to get to a Halloween episode, and it's not going to go up anywhere near Halloween, but we're recording it in October. Um, trying to get caught up on my backlog and get things out. Just got an episode out today as of recording. Enjoy. Um, spoiler of the episode. You might say that the carnage in this episode, is in this episode, in this movie is maximum? Maximum effort. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a saga during the 90s. Um, that was known. That was called Maximum Carnage. Um, if you have to read one spider-related saga, skip the Clone Saga. Skip and the Clone maximum Saga. Carnage. Skip Maximum Clonage. Read Maximum Carnage. <laughs> uh man, I, I want to say it's like eighteen issues or something like that. It was, it was a pretty it, huge. It's event. really solid too. Uh, it also yeah, got its own it video up. game, which came, which uh, on the SNES came in a red cartridge. It's a really oh, yeah. solidly good beat 'em up. 
Um, uh, the nostalgia factor. Yeah, I still remember those. Uh, I still remember those advertisements and comics at the time. The the visage, the the cover from the cartridge, the full page ads, all yeah. splashy and ominous. Good stuff. So, Venom, let there be carnage. I got opinions, but what are <laughs> yours, Mike? <laughs> well, um, we have I, not we have not talked about this at all yet. No, by no, the we way. Um, I don't know. I'm. <clears throat> I'm kind of like much like uh much like Eddie slash Venom, I'm very torn here. Um <laughs> like I on on one level I really enjoyed it and it's not surprising because in many ways it's more of the same. But then uh on the other hand, it's more of the same. So it's like I feel like there's some missed opportunities and um, without getting into too many specifics, because, you know, you can get to spoiler yeah, territory later. Um, it's very obvious that they kind of like um, they did that thing where it's like it seems very focused groups and it's like, oh, hey, kids, uh, you, you like that thing, huh? Here's more of that thing. Huh? Are we doing well? Huh? Are we? And by that, I mean, like, I think they played up the the zany comedy between um, the symbiote and Eddie like too much. They lingered on that too much. And they just kind of like it, it was kind of formulaic and was just kind of like, um, you know, uh, just a lot of the a lot of the beats from the first one in many ways. I mean, it's different because, you know, it's not doing the origin story this time. You know, there's there's some significant difference, I guess, mm-hmm. in the structure. But it's like a lot of it is just kind of very formulaic and like um, repeating the stuff from the first one as far as like the style of humor and stuff. And, um, much like the first one, it also suffers from the pick a fucking lane syndrome. It's like part of it is like, oh, this is all dark and violent, whatever. And then it's like, oh, hey, it's zany, and we're making jokes about this stuff, and oh, haha. I, I don't know. It's just like <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not really sure what I expected going in. Um, but it was it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, I can't like I can't is I can't as enthusiastically recommend it as I did the first one because mm-hmm. the first one it was like it was the first time, right? So I yeah. feel like a lot of the stuff, like it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well now that now that we know like what this is like, like we've seen the concept, we've seen it done, we've seen it executed, no pun intended, we've seen the shtick, like it doesn't it doesn't have nearly as much impact the second time around. I'm sure yeah. this is a lot this is how a lot of people felt when they watched Rocky too, right? Because oh, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so this is really fun. This is really cool. But I already know all of the general themes. I already know the characters. I know how this works. And it's essentially just going through the same dance that we did the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, some people may be surprised to hear that because they think, oh, but but Mike, you know, this is the big thing. There's Carnage now. There's all this different stuff. Like, well, okay, like the scale may be a bit higher and stuff, I guess you could say. Um, uh, and I don't know. It's just like, I thought that, uh, you know, I guess in some ways I'm a little disappointed in the sense that I thought, okay, now that they've got all that exposition out of the way there can be more like venom in the venom movie you know yeah like in some ways there were but in some ways there really weren't it's like you i don't know it's like i don't know uh, jump in here and help me out. what do you think so here's my opinion of the movie it needed to be about 20 minutes longer um the uh, i realized holy shit we are coming up on the end what happened to act three I thought for a second maybe I had fallen asleep and missed part of the movie. <laughs> but no, I didn't. It's just that, like, there are pacing issues. This is my main problem with the movie. It's yeah. a, it's an hour and 38 minutes long. They could have made it a two-hour movie and fixed, I think, 90% of the problems with the, with the film. 
Well, that's another that's that's another way that it um, that it emulates the first one, wouldn't you say that the, that there are significant pacing issues? Because first like, one was paced like, so much better than the second than the I, second one, though. I would say, yeah, I would say the first one it was better than the second one, but I still feel like the first one kind of like it kind of took its sweet time on the exposition, kind of lingered a bit too long on that. Yeah, but this one has I, the opposite problem. It, yeah, <laughs> like if, if you if you if you're considering something from the standard five act structure. Yeah. Um. It jumps from act two to to the end of act four and it skips the third act uh, um, almost entirely. Um, and there's almost no denouement either. Um, yeah. Yeah. The end does from, from, kind of a, abrupt. from a, from a theatrical dramaturgical standpoint, I'm like, this can't be the end. No, it really is the final set piece fight. And, and the movie's going to be over. What? I will say this. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, there was no exploration of Cletus Cassidy's character. The, the uh it the kind of obligatory sorry, the obligatory big fight at the end was a lot more satisfying than the it was uh, a very good obligatory f- big fight at the, the end the one I, it, that's the very first true, movie yeah. It, yeah it was way better than the the kind of you know uh anticlimactic conflict at the end of the first movie yeah uh, this one this yeah. one definitely took its sweet time the that's the other thing the the climactic final battles like 20 minutes of that hour 30 minute runtime Oh, and um, I, another compliment I can pay the movie is um, uh, much, much better than the Ronald McDonald wig that he was rocking at the uh, Stinger. Part of me movie. would really have loved for them to have just <laughs> kept that. Just lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just dare people to say something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah what are you going to do about it? It's like, yeah, that's right. We made Cassidy. It. Look we made at that. Look at that hair. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. And that's another that's another thing I can uh, compliment the movie is Woody Harrelson fucking kills it. Oh no, yeah, no Woody Harrelson is great for everything he's on. The problem is and, and here here's here's another so I, I will I will back up here. What did I think of the movie? It was okay. Um yeah. it could have been pretty darned good. So my 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 thoughts on the movie is squandered potential. Yeah, that's essentially. I, I essentially have the same take as you did. Like, I felt like uh, it's one of those things where it's like um, I'm enjoying it in the moment, and like you know, I'm not really nitpicking too much. You know, um, I'm having some thoughts, you know, from time to time. But then it's like shortly after, after I have a few moments to let it sink in, I'm just kind of like, well, that could have been better. That, yeah, I, there's more they could have done with that. Literally, when they were coming up, like the the, the when I said. Did I thought I maybe I fell asleep? I literally thought that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> did I fall asleep and miss 20 minutes of the movie somewhere? Right. I feel like we've jumped like like we've really we've skipped over some important steps in what in how the plot should be followed. Yeah, I, I feel I like actually thought that, that because I was really tired because I went to an early morning matinee and I had stayed up too late the last the night before. Yeah, um, no, you you pretty much nailed it. Like that, <laughs> they could have had about twenty more minutes of movie in the movie that was there. It could uh, there's a you know yeah. a few significant tweaks that could have made it a lot better. So getting back to Woody Harrelson, we'll, we'll talk about him him here. I loved him as Cletus, Cletus Cassidy slash slash Carnage. Oh yeah. Here is the problem: if you haven't read any of the comics. You got no fucking clue what's going on. Right, right. You have, you don't know what's important about this guy. He apparently killed some dudes, like, but there's no establishment of his character other than he's crazy, which, I mean, yes, that is actually accurate to Cletus Cassidy. He's 
completely batshit crazy pants on head fire. Right. Um, but he's at the, but at the same time, like there's no introduction of him to the audience, to anyone who doesn't already know the character. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it exists in this weird limbo area where it's like, they kind of go back and sh- like show some stuff, but it's like, it's like, uh, it's like they do not enough for people that don't know any of the comics, but like, yeah, it become but it's like <laughs> but it's like it, uh, excessive in the sense of like okay well if you know this stuff this doesn't really teach you anything new so yeah. it's like they it's like the worst of both worlds it's like hey yeah. we'll kind of go over some stuff that doesn't really expand on the character much and it's like it, it also suffers from the cardinal sin of um of uh telling instead of showing yeah so it's just kind of like oh hey um i Hey, I killed my mom and my grandma, and they kind of fart around. It's like, oh, but they were abusive. But we're not going to actually go into any specifics or show anything. We're just, uh, just, just take my word for it. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, that's like the establishing thing. It's just like, oh, okay, he killed these immediate family members and was this, you know, had this traumatic, abusive childhood or whatever. But then that's it. And then killed like, a bunch of other people after he got out of. Yeah, it's uh, like after, after he got out of foster care. Be, but that doesn't even get stated. They're like, we found the bodies. Yeah, it's and like they, what bodies of what? Yeah, they don't. Did he did he eat people? Did he kill people? Like, what's his deal? So I guess to use a good analogy, it would be like if somebody was doing a documentary on like I don't know um, Ted Bundy or Gacy or some some infamous serial killer, and they're like, and those were his that those were his first kills. Yeah, blah blah blah. Some stuff happens. The end. And then he died in prison. Wait, what? Yeah. And it's like you, you missed like the main part there. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's just really weird and sloppy like storytelling. He's got half of the problem that I have with Super Orphan Fight, which is uh, you have to know the character in order to know what's going on. Right. Um, my problem with Super Orphan Fight is that if you do know the characters, you're not happy with what they're doing. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Is that like um, not, not to get too bad too much on a movie that's what ten years old at this point? But yeah, well, here's the thing: like for all of the first Venom's faults, like I f- I feel like one thing it did really well was put together a lot of kind of like esoteric comic shit that's just kind of off the wall. Because I mean, let's face it, Venom is off the wall bonkers shit, right? But I love it. Five years old, um, sorry, but yes. Um, but they managed to like tie all this stuff together and have it be relatively coherent for someone just going in cold who can just And they managed the to pull it off without including is. Spider-Man, which is a trick. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like yeah, they, I mean, they they established a, a believable and workable uh like origin story for Venom without including Spider-Man for whom he was the the a primary and for whom he, he existed initially as a primary antagonist. Right. And they and they did yeah. several they did several things to kind of like make it fit like, you know, like a contemporary version of it and have it all like it's really impressive when you sit down and just think about it for a minute, like the task they had in front of them and how they were able to pull that off. I mean, and of course, you know, a lot of the credit goes to Tom Hardy just carrying that shit on his back like a champ. Oh yeah. Tom Hardy. Holy shit. Tom Tom Hardy, honestly, I didn't 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 bring as much of a as much of a powerful performance in this one either. I feel unfortunately. Yeah. Although to be fair, I think part of it is he had less to do and he was sharing the screen with more people. Yeah, that's were giant personalities. They're like hogging the spotlight because it's like, you know, Clay's Cassidy. Come on. Yeah. Then Woody Har- like, I'm pretty sure that when that when Woody Harrelson smiled, you could see portions of the scenery stuck in his teeth. 
<laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, which isn't like, a bad thing. Like that, that's exactly how he needed to act. Right. <laughs> no, he knew what movie he was in and he did a yes. great job. And that's the thing too, is like, um, they needed like with, with Tom Hardy going, go just fucking going for it and doing such a good job with Eddie slash venom and the first one and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they really needed a Woody Harrelson to be the yin to his yang to like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like, Anyway, the only my only my only gripe in that regard is like they they seem to be weird and like timey wimey with the backstory because it's like Woody Harrelson ain't exactly a spring chicken, so those dates don't really add up. Um, but we can get into that more in spoiler territory. <laughs> uh, it's just a show; you should really just relax. Um, <laughs> don't you quote the MST3K entry intro at me? It, the MST3K mantra. Thank you very much. Um, but. I, I don't feel like there's much more to say in non-spoiler territory. Like, if okay, you so, enjoyed Maximum Carnage, yeah, you'll probably you will probably enjoy the movie. I feel um, like the takeaway is this: like, if you are a fan of Venom and or Carnage, sure, it's worth seeing the movie. Um, or if you enjoyed the first movie, it's worth seeing the movie. Otherwise, eh, doesn't really matter. See it, don't see it, whatever. Yeah. Um, given another thing that happened in spoiler territory that we'll talk about in spoiler ter- territory, I don't think we have to worry too much about other sequels. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so we will, uh, pause now for the warning music and, uh, then we will, uh, proceed. <laughs> So we are now in spoiler territory, although before we get too far in there, 
should have probably mentioned uh naomi harris did an okay job as shriek like she was in the movie like, <laughs> i don't have anything negative to say about her i don't really have much positive to say about her either she was in it yeah that's that's pretty accurate i'd say it was i i did have a uh i i did have a, a moment of excitement be like oh hey that shriek but that was much more being excited for the character and not you know um yeah i mean i don't know it's like like it, it, it and it's not even that she did a bad job or a good job like she was just sort of there well, that's the thing is that it's 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 like when you take something as massive as like the Maximum Carnage storyline, because that was and, what they were basing this off of. Yeah, and you you just kind of like you just kind of shoehorn it in there. Yeah. Then it's like you're excited. Here, I think this is the best way I can sum it up. Like I'm excited for what it represents. I'm excited for the concept. I'm excited for the potential. But then the actual implementation is kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, yep, that was a thing. That was a character. That happened. Like there wasn't any, you know, it's it not like some particular moment where you could just point to, oh, and wasn't this amazing when they did this, or there's that twist, or there's that scene. Like there wasn't anything that just really stood out. It's like, yeah, I mean, it was a serviceable job, and it was a thing plugged into the formula of the movie, but yeah, it just wasn't. I don't know. There's just this like X factor that just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and again, they didn't exactly have much time, right? Because they they had the movie have like an hour thirty seven minute runtime. So it's like, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna so, pull in all this big stuff from a big series with a lot of characters, maybe yeah. like let it breathe a little bit. Maybe actually put some time into it. The, the big fight in the church was great, though. Oh, that was yeah, that was great. It's freaking and of great. Course, you know, there's a lot of you know, um, it's fitting because the whole cathedral thing is uh, is a recurring theme because you know in the original comics and in the '90s cartoon and all that that was always a big deal because um, it was a clock tower. Clock tower. It was yeah. a cathedral. I don't know. Well, it was both really. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> you see the the original the the original um, character in the original comics Venom is that um, he was um, you know his. He his career had his career had um well so venom the symbiote was the black suit that uh, that parker got in secret wars which was originally just um the artists wanting to be lazy um well yeah i mean if you want to really I, I i'm not going that far into the weeds i just mean like when the symbiote first bonded with with brock, brock yeah what i'm saying is okay, the whole premise fair. was that brock went into the church and was like okay my life is total shit right now like what do i yeah. do like give me a sign kind of a moment right because it's like his he had just embarrassed himself and shot his career in the face by um trying like revealing the identity of the serial killer turned out to be a hoax and he got it wrong and then of course yeah. he blamed spider he blamed spider-man just because spider-man had the audacity of actually capturing the correct person but yeah anyway just like in the first venom movie he blames everyone but himself for his problems that are self-inflicted mm -hmm. Uh, and anyway, he uh, at the symbiote basically was drawn to his like desperation and like, you know, strong emotion and want for vengeance and all that stuff. And that was the thing is it all began in the bell tower. Um, so it's kind of cool yeah. that that was the big climactic set piece. And obvious, you know, for obvious practical reasons. Yeah. Hey, look, big sounds. We can do things like it's a uh, so, yeah, like it's like, a stage effect in a Mortal Kombat game, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And as much as uh, as much negative as one can say about Spider-Man Three and Topher Grace's Venom, okay, oh, they at least did, in fact, get that origin correct. Right. Right. So if you don't know anything about how Venom started, as much as I hate to say this, you could check that. <laughs> yeah. 
there's uh, there's some funny um, funny jokes about that in the the Venom Honest trailer is really good. You should do that watch because <laughs> there's that bit where they reference the that that version of Venom and then they cut to like him they, they cut to Brock reacting in the in the new Venom movie. You're like oh god, yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I remember seeing that because I, <laughs> I rewatched I that. that a while back. Yeah, uh, I rewatched but... that to kind of because I watched the first movie going into the second one because it had been essentially since the first movie came out since I'd seen it. Uh, and then I watched the honest trailer to kind of, you know, do a little refresher. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's very accurate. <laughs> so um, I'm not even really sure what to say in spoilers, because like, well, here's, all the, of... here's a twist. I was just looking at Rotten Tomatoes and the tomato meter for the first of movie was like 30 percent. And the and the and the tomato meter for this one is like 60 percent. I'm like, what? That's super. Fucking that weird. seems entirely backwards to me. <laughs> they pay some people off. Like, what's going on here? Now, the, the audience score has been pretty consistent where the audience score is like a good, you know, 20 to 30 points higher than the critics, score, yeah. which is to be expected when these when these, these well, types of movies. Yeah, it's like so. I mean, we are critics, but we are critics that are that, that are drawn to the to this sort of genre. Most right. most professional theater critics, film critics, whatever the hell you want to call them, they couldn't give one flying rat's ass fuck about it. Also, it's just one of those things where it's like, um, I feel like in many cases, uh, the critics that go on record or become part of the average or whatever, when it comes to these things, they're often, they're often critics that like, I don't know, it's like, this isn't really for you. Like to give an example. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm talking like, about. Um, they yeah, don't, but they don't care. Well, I mean, like a. I mean, like they're, I guess they're, I don't know, wheelhouse or territory or beat or whatever you want to call it. Like a yeah. good example of this is like, um, you know how, uh, like back in the day when there were actual physical gaming magazines like PC Gamer and EGM and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, there would be reviewers that would review certain genres of games because guess what? Some people like certain types of games and other people yeah. like other types of games so you wouldn't mm-hmm. have the, you wouldn't have like the sports game reviewer like really dig into like a detailed japanese rpg like he wouldn't give two fucks right and he unless would be he happened to like that sort of thing too but well sure but you know what i'm saying like yeah. you know it's like it doesn't make a lot of sense or to just use an i don't know let's say that you have somebody who's like really into motorcycles and yeah. like they have a youtube channel all about motorcycles and then it's like oh hey could you review this suv for me and it's like uh i guess i could but maybe somebody else should weigh in on this one <laughs> yeah you know? well it's it's also like to, to to go in on that a little bit too think of like when I when I always come into when I when I start thinking about um, movie critics, I always think about Roger Ebert because he did have insight into a lot of things, but he also like wasn't the target audience for yeah. this generation at all. He would right. have hated this movie. Absolutely. Um, he's also was one of the people that said video games can never be art. So fuck that. But yeah, I've been swearing a lot this episode. What is that? What is up <laughs> with me? Oh, uh, by the way, um, that's just another aside that I, I feel owes, we, we, uh, owes a little time to this is the fact that this is a fucking PG 13 movie. It's a carnage movie. Well, it's PG 13. Yeah, that there, there is that. I mean, the first Venom was also PG 13, but that's because people ain't got no balls. Well, I feel like they did they they stre- they did a really good job within the context of PG thirteen, and they really stretched that. And of course, yeah. today's PG thirteen is not twenty years ago's PG thirteen. It's true, PG-13 although now although it should be pointed hard. out that that most that many that uh, many Godzilla movies were rated G. 
Would you mean not like the first the old one? School, the old like school. the old, but like the old school, like Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla was rated G. Yeah, well, it's not like they're showing people getting destroyed. It's just like it's like little dioramas getting smashed around, right? So well, yeah, like... except for all the aliens that get shot and turn into monkeys. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, the weird ass like, thing, like turn the green monkey. Yeah, okay, that's not we're we're that's gonna be a weird long digression. We're just gonna yes, it will. Keep moving. I'm just saying, it, <laughs> and we're walking, and it we're walking. Should not have been rated G. It's all I'm saying. That's that's entirely fair. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah they, that's weird. Let it's it's called let there be carnage. So why didn't you let there be some damned carnage? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about like a character that's known for just brutal like slaughter of like it's of, not even of anyone he feels like at any time. And it's not yeah. just like it's not just the sheer quantity or like the vis- like it's the method in which he like he is carving up corpses. He is he is creating yes. like he creates blades like like knives and sides and all sorts of crazy shit like that's his whole deal is that yeah. he is like he's like a pyramid of a serial killer with the power and shape of a symbiote like you know it's, yeah, he's the he, walking fucking like blender I mean, yes he he is he is here to he he, he enjoys what do you hear also violence yeah Remember, he was all like, oh, and there's going to be carnage. I'm like, yeah, but like PG-13 level carnage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like carnage with an asterisk, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, come on. If ever there is a movie that should have been, should have just went for it and venerated our movie, like this yes. is it. And I kind of feel like it's weird because we're living in a post-Deadpool era, right? Yeah, and like, Deadpool 2, which we're both rated R. Yeah, like the market was there, right? Yeah. And I kind of I kind of feel like I don't know. I I feel like it's um it's like a relic of like boardroom wisdom where they're like, yeah, but we could just we could just tone it down a bit and then have so many more people see it because wider market cuz PG-13. And I'm like, okay, look. The people that are going to see this movie are going to be the people that are going to see it. The There's not going to be a yeah. huge difference between like, oh, well we can get some more 15-year-olds in the doors. It's, come on, guys, let's be real. You know, like yeah. you're not going to make a ton more money. If anything, uh a lot of the like marketing and word of mouth and stuff like you're going to get so much more play in the internet meme era when you have like a badass red band trailer and it's like, Ooh, R and hard cards. Like, you know, yeah. go, you know, come on, get your you're ass not supposed the, to watch the red band trailer unless you're 18. Yeah. I mean, everybody follows yeah. those rules. Yeah. It's just like, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 18. I can, I can go on this site and yes, I'm 18 and I can, uh, or, I'm just going to hold. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll delete this after 24 hours. Like, come on. Yes. Internet honor system. We, we all know how that works. Indeed. Anyway, enough enough rant. It's just TLDR. Yeah, it should Why have been rated R. R-rated come on. Yeah, it should have been an R-rated movie. Uh, so l- let's let's talk a little bit about the actual movie as opposed to just like, because yes. I don't want to be like, I don't want this episode to be just completely bagging on the movie because. No, it's very enjoyable. It was, it in was ways. like, I don't I don't regret the time I, w- I spent going to see it. Um. Yeah, I will say this. I'm happy that Alamo Season Pass is back up, so I only had to pay twenty dollars for for the ticket. Um, we sound, and we sound more harsh. and any more tickets I want to go see for the rest of the yeah. month. But we're people that genuinely like the source material and we're excited for the movie, and it's like we want more. It's like yes. we're not mad, we're just disappointed. We right? are, yes, we are the disappointed parents. <laughs> exactly, which is an apt metaphor because <laughs> Carnage is a spawn of venom. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like. Carnage throwing a hissy and um and leaving was a completely pointless plot. Didn't need that. Wait, you just said Carnage, all. don't you mean? Sorry, Venom. Venom. Yeah, yeah. Venom. No, I, I agree. Venom I just agree. be you know um 
Eddie setting off his fire alarm and Venom breaking off and running away from home and being like, I hate you, Dad. Well, like here's the thing. There, there's a couple of things that are just outright silly about that. Number one, um, if if we're talking like traditional, you know, Venom from the comics, Venom, he would he would make it a power move. He would just he would stay with Eddie and he would force Eddie's meat bag to move out of the way right yeah like he that would be showing vulnerability if he's like oh i am in pain therefore i'm 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 slinking away with my proverbial tail between my legs no it would go full on okay well you're just my meat puppet and i'm going to bring us out of this situation in a certain yeah that, that's what venom would do venom would jump through the fucking wall of the apartment go as far as possible while brock isn't really in control of his actual physical movements at that point and just be like hey fuck you yeah. like i'm in charge here that's what would have happened and secondly, the first movie really established that uh, they had that they kind of formed a partnership. Other. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like you didn't well, need to reestablish. Oh, yeah, we really do need each other. No, that that, that was very well. They, well, they had it, they had worked that part out already. It undo, it undoes like some of the first movie, which is so dumb, like. You know, like with the first movie, I was okay with it kind of taking its time with a lot of that stuff because I felt like, okay, it's establishing all this stuff. But then they just go, oh, well, we're just going to redo those story beats. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, no, why are we doing this? Like, we've already done this, guys. Yeah, it was. uh... It's kind of like how Spider-Man in Spider-Man movies, Uncle Ben gets shot every five minutes. It's like, bro, we get it. Can we just skip that part? Which is another reason I really enjoyed the newer Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. They just kind of assumed a lot of stuff out the gate and moved me along. Like, like, okay, bitch, y'all yeah. know who Spider-Man is. If you For don't read a comic, gonna, yeah. read a fucking comic, watch the movie from 20 fucking years ago. Fuck you. We're starting the story. And I'm like, yes, yeah, For once, you. we're it's not going to kill standing ovation. Ben. Let poor Uncle Ben rest. <laughs> Let the man rest. <laughs> Reminds me of He's an been old shot text, from, text from superheroes. I hear that someone texting Uncle Ben. Like, I hear they're rebooting uh, Spider-Man and they're, they're rebooting the film franchise again. And, and Uncle Ben's like, but getting shot hurts <laughs> or something like it was. It was very much. It was like, yeah, can we, can we please just stop killing me over and over? <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, like there, it was there, it had unnecessary bits. Um, okay, so let's just kind of go through quickly from beginning to end, then yeah. keep um, this kind of unnecessary bits. So, at the beginning, there's a lot of like you know, physical comedy and venom zaniness, but like I feel like they just kept going, like yeah. they should have done a few of those bits and then just mm-hmm. left it at that. Like, I feel like the the um, the analogy I use is. When you're in a social setting with like a bunch of friends or acquaintances and everyone's like around the table riffing and like, you know, making a joke or adding to the joke. And then like it's kind of over the moments passed. And then there's that one person who just like adds another thing or two. And they were yeah. just kind of like, um, yeah, no, we're 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 past that, dude. Yeah, there, this up. is <laughs> this is a family guy where it'll come around again. Right. No. And even yeah, then, Family Guy has worn out that particular uh, concept in my in my opinion. But but whatever. It, less is more in many yeah. cases. Less is more. Uh, and I feel like that's part of why the first movie worked is yeah. like it kind of had that Jaws thing going on where it's like it didn't just blow its wad right away. Like there's build up and yeah. like, you know, it had different levels of it and the reveal and all that. Where with this, it's just kind of like two minutes in. It's like there's a disembodied head of Venom arguing with Eddie Brock. And you're just like, mm, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, there was no real establishment. Uh, so there, there, there's this there's this character who got introduced, Patrick Mulligan. 
who also, if if you know comics, was Toxin, um, the third symbiote. The oh, is that what that stupid? Of, that's what that stupid thing was at the end with his eyes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck that was. They about. were trying to set him up as as because in the comics, he's Toxin is the spawn of Carnage, and they have a hate hate relationship. Um, oh, okay. Like, yeah, well, you know, Toxin the... just absolutely hates Carnage, and he kind of turns into something of a various. Um, you he, lose track of all the silly yeah. symbiotes that they try to cash in on. Yeah, he, well, he he's always been a he's always been a cop, which is kind of interesting. So he's always been, he Toxin was always an antihero, which is kind of interesting. But that that's neither here nor there. Um, well, considering the naming convention, it's also just a, it's like oh, we've had Venom now. There's Toxin. It's like oh, for God's yeah. sake. Well, but but also like it should be something related to Carnage because. But whatever. In any case, um, yeah, comics are silly. News at eleven. Yes. Um, so we have no establishment of this cop character, Patrick Milligan. He's just there. Right. Hi, I'm the I'm the hard boiled detective that uh, that gets mad at Eddie because Eddie doesn't tell me stuff and instead is a journalist. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's almost like he's a uh, independent journalist that has to keep his information on the download. Yeah. And, you know, anything he gets, he has to write about. <laughs> like, what, did you expect him to tell you the thing he just randomly, he, that he that he worked, like, he didn't even realize that he worked it out ahead of time, and th- and also Venom did, but whatever. Um, but, like, so, so why exactly do you expect Eddie to give you anything? Um, or not Eddie, yeah, Eddie, Venom, whatever. People. Yeah, Eddie. Um, but no, he's like, oh, he's all mad. Um... And sure, he uh, he shot uh, Shriek's eye, so so Shriek's mad at him. Also, there's Shriek. She's in the movie, as as we mentioned earlier. Um, just kind of there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like when they do that establishing stuff. It's just kind of like, oh, they were they were cellmates in this place that was kind of a prison, but kind of a something else. That's this home for unwanted children. Yeah, I don't. It was because very orphanages still exist. Oh wait, they really don't for for the most part anymore. Like big, big, big high end like orphanages have been pretty much replaced with just the foster care system and group homes. But um, but I mean, they even then like it didn't. It was like they made it look like a fucking prison. It was very yes. It, it was supposed. It, it it seemed like it was a an insane asylum for. Wayward it was like a, youth. It was like a Ravenloft that wasn't a Ravenloft for kids. I don't know. It was very confusing. You mean Ravencroft? Or oh yeah, <laughs> Freddy and Slip. Ravencroft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's just like it was. It's just incoherent storytelling. Yeah, it, it is, really was. You know, like what it boils down to. Once again, this movie relies on you already having prior knowledge, and that's it's like they're just going through the motions, like assuming that you already know the broad story. And I'm just like. Okay. I gotta wonder if maybe Why? the writer and like I gotta wonder if if Kelly uh, Marcel, the writer, and Andy Circus are both big fans, so they just kind of glossed over things as they were doing as they were doing stuff because like oh yeah we don't need to explain this it's it's it makes sense yeah that know. that's the sort maybe. of thing where that I could, that, that that's actually the sort of thing where I could where I could understand yeah we don't need to explain Ravencroft Institute or. Why this person apparently has a sonic yell, even though apparently she's a mutant, which uh, so they have mutants. Um, she's got superpowers. Nobody else randomly has superpowers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just what? Yeah, it doesn't. What? Really... 
Well, and that's the other thing too, is that it's kind of, it's, I guess you could, it's kind of jarring, like in, as far as the, like the, like in universe zeitgeisty nature of the movie, because uh, the, I don't know, the film universe, whatever you want to call it. Because in the first movie, like it's this weird combination of completely off the wall, but also like grounded down to earth in the sense that they don't really have like iron man captain america is running around right they don't have right. a bunch of like high super powered shit they just have like you just have like kind of a gritty dirty like street level situation and then you yeah. have this weird symbiote stuff and then on the loop. shit and then shit falls out of the sky and gives and gives a few people superpowers like that's that was a legitimate plot that worked right this Hi, uh, this person randomly has the ability to scream sonically and kill people, and and it also just feels like very convenient that the power is specifically the weakness of the symbiotes, because <laughs> oh. it's like I don't know, like in the context of the in the Maximum Carnage storyline, you just kind of shrugged and went with it because there's also a million other weird things going on. You had like well, all these yeah, other that and all these other powers, and it was just yeah. it was just one thing among many. But in this, it makes it kind of weird. What's interesting is she was introduced in Maximum Carnage too. Right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> digression aside, it's yeah, it just but it's yeah, just kind um, of sloppy exposition. Yes, there the the it's all like the, this whole movie has been it was just failures in execution. The movie, right? And good idea, know, bad execution, very over and over again. So, yeah, a lot of it's just so predictable. Um, I remember, I remember the bit where it's like, um, Anne was like, oh, hey, like we need to meet, like have him, you know, like an important thing to tell you. I'm like, oh, okay. So she's obviously going to announce it's engaged. And then I thought she was <laughs> going to be pregnant. So, oh man, that would have been interesting. Like, yeah, but it's, it's obviously we're not, it's definitely not, you're getting back together like you thought. Yeah, obviously. And by the way, this is an, uh, another, um, big thing that I really loved about the movie Dan's back and he's awesome as always. Dan did Dan like actually fought fucking carnage. Yeah, he risked his fucking did some goddamn damage. Did stuff. (laughs) He poured gasoline on him and set it on fire. Stand up dude as always. (laughs) Sound and fire. And I don't have any sound. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, another thing too is like uh see there I feel like there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like adaptation changes that I think really work well for the Venom material. And I like how they did, um, they, they had Anne as like an ex fiance instead of like an ex wife with all these years of baggage. Uh, yeah. And in like, they actually, um, <clears throat> they actually made the character kind of likable and have agency. Um, yeah. And she actually handles the symbiote on two separate occasions and doesn't just like break down into the fetal position. Like, yeah. In the comics, that was a thing where it's like, uh, Anne got the symbiote for a brief period of time and she killed these muggers. And then Eddie's like, well, it can't really make you do something you don't want to do. And she's like, oh, what was me, emo? And it's like, <laughs> this was kind of a breath of fresh air to see. Because again, like, I I feel like Michelle Williams also knows what movie she's in and yes. did a good job with that. And it was, and it was, it was fun. And I, yeah, well, I think my favorite bit of hers was when she kind of like, when she's, when she realizes that um, Venom is in Mrs. Chen and like appeals to its ego. Like that yeah. was just great. Like every actor who has any sort of like significance in the plot does a fantastic job. The reason I don't I, I don't have anything to say about the act the the character uh, about Shriek is because she's she doesn't like 
you could have left her out of the movie entirely. Yeah, it's like it's like a Joker from Suicide Squad yeah. syndrome, basically. And they she does really a, she, she does do. just fine, I guess. But like, like she she's like, "Gur, I'm mad at that cop yes. that shot me back in the day." And oh, I love Cletus, and that's it. Yeah, that's the, 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 the character was so entirely ancillary that yeah. I I have difficulty remembering anything about her performance. It also just kind of, as an aside, it makes it... I Other know, than I, mean, I thought for a little bit maybe she was, was, was that she was uh, the the actress from... Uh, who played the... the what's your, what you call it? What's-her-face from... Um, I don't know, man. You're on your own. Uh, well, I'm trying to make sure that I'm also not going crazy. Yeah, no. For a little bit, I thought she... No, no, okay, she was. Never mind. She did play uh, Tia Dalma from, uh, from Pirates. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just she got his Calypso. Um, I was like, she looked a lot like Calypso, which was what I was like, was that the same actress? And apparently, yes, it was. Um, thinking about it, I, I kind of like, I kind of feel like, um, there, there's the initial excitement of like, oh, hey, it's Streak, and this is like kind of we're getting Maximum Carnage esque stuff going on here, but and then like now that I've kind of had a moment to reflect on it and stuff i feel like the movie would have been better served to either lean into it and have it be a significantly longer movie and more closer to that storyline or to just not do it at all and then use that extra time to like actually flesh out cletus cassidy and his backstory like yeah you got to shit or get off the pot i feel like and they kind of they did that half measure that is kind of satisfied nobody yeah also, another thing, if you're going it, to, it's kind of difficult to lean into Maximum Carnage when Maximum Carnage is a Spider-Man centric storyline. Yes. Like if you're going to make a Venom verse and have Spider-Man really play no part in it, why would you want to do Maximum Carnage shit? So should we go ahead and, and talk about the po- the post the post credit scene now? Sure. Why not? We can skip around. Yeah, I mean, the, so this is why I said earlier that the, at least there's not uh that he's that that you know he's got to have other movies because the post credit scene apparently has him suddenly now in the MCU. Yeah, um, well, I, if I interpreted that it, scene, it looks like probably from Doctor Strange casting a spell. Yeah, that's what I thought. Is that that big so, like effect yeah. was like that boom or whatever? That, that was that's whatever happens in No Way Home in, yeah. in a couple months, which right. I'm very much looking forward to because I've loved all of the Spider-Man movies. I've I've loved all of the Spider-Man movies. I even have things that I can say that are nice about Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wow, that's uncharacteristically generous of you. I know. I, it's mostly because I really like Spider-Man. I Yeah, but I kind of, Amazing I'm Spider-Man very much, 2 sucked. And Spider-Man 3 was okay. Uh, of course, Amazing obviously, Spider-Man 2 definitely was is, I believe, the weakest of all of the Spider-Man movies. Yes, I will agreed. say that. Because um, Spider-Man 3 at least had Sandman. Sandman was freaking great. Um, yeah, no, it, it had its merits. I mean, you know, it would have been so much better if they didn't shoehorn in a shitty Venom thing. But, you know, yeah, that's they what happens just when skips. you force a director who's on record as saying, I don't like this character and don't want to have anything to do with it. And go, yeah. no, you're going to do it anyway and like it. It's like, all yeah. right. <laughs> they really could have done great with just uh, Green Goblin 2.0 and Sandman. It would have been a really good movie, I think. Yeah. But Speaking of missed case. opportunities, we all we've all been there. We've covered that. We've well, we're, we're going to see what we're going to see how that plays out in in uh, in No Way Home because I mean, you get uh, you we're getting a Green Goblin and a Doctor Octopus and an Electro, and they still will they and they still swear blind that you were not going to have three Spider Man. Well, it's um, it's weird. Like I don't know what they're going to do with that because it's like okay, he's suddenly in the MCU, and it's like what are they going to do with that character? Like yeah, and why movie? does Venom care about? 
that's my Spider-Man and Whitey lick his face. Um, but at the same time, at least he, I, I, oh, feel... I can answer that question because, and now that they've changed, now that they've went all reality timey wimey, now they're in a universe where the symbiote has bonded with Peter Parker. Therefore, the yeah, symbiote in the past. It's, uh, either, um, either pines for that or is thoroughly disgusted because it rejected him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have, I want to say, um, I wanted to say that, um, some of the scuttlebutt that they're having here is that um, is that um, MCU's what one of the one of the MCU's big uh, crossover like one of their their next big crossover event is going to be Secret Wars, so they could actually retcon Peter in the black suit for a while. Yeah, I and have that yeah. and have that have been a thing in this Venom symbiote's past. And oh dear, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> well, uh, what it what it amounts to is, um, if they're careful with it, they could do they, something they, that's yeah. good and kind of tie up the loose ends, yeah, or they could I'm, completely fuck it up. And it's, I feel like it's a coin flip. Yeah, it really is. I'm just, I am hopeful that it. I feel like there have been very few missteps with the MCU proper. Right. So I'm hoping that with MCU writers and and Disney money and and such at um at the at hand that it will be um more competently managed. I'm cautiously optimistic because all of the Spider Spider Man MCU stuff has been pure gold in my opinion. Yes, it really has. He was great in Civil War. He was great. He was great in Homecoming. Great Far From Home. Everything has been yeah. a home run as far as I'm concerned. He's been he's been great. It, like he, honestly, he like he's been. He's been my favorite combination of the two characters. Um, I've I will I I've said this before. I feel like um I feel like Toby was one of the better Peter Parkers right. that we've had. Garfield was an amazing Spider-Man, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even well, think I'll about play. that until I had already said it. <laughs> like I really did not. No, no, um, I believe you. It's it's organic, much like his webbing. Um, but uh because they they got the mouth on on Garfield's Spider-Man so spot on. Loved that about him. You're right. Never shut both. up. Yeah. And but I feel like uh that while um what's his name? Tom Holland. Yes, thank you. I don't think he really ma- measures up to either of those characters like e- either either Maguire's uh portrayal of Peter or Garfield's portrayal of Spider-Man. The fact that he is a better spider he, I, I feel he is a better Spider-Man than um than Toby Maguire was and a better Peter than Garfield was. So I feel like he's the best Nick. It's like he's a it's like he's a B plus overall instead of having an A in one department and a C in the other. Exactly. Basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I more or less agree with that. Um so I'm looking forward to hopefully more competent hands at the helm because I want Venom to be good. I've always liked, I haven't liked Venom as much as, as you have Mike, but I've also always been a fan of Venom. Yeah. I find him to be an interesting, to be a, an interesting and, uh, and, and like an intriguing character. Like he, he has so much potential and the first movie did okay with the hand it was, de- it was dealing with. Like it, yeah. it played very competently with the hand it was dealt because Spider-Man was in the MCU already and um, Venom wasn't. Well, here's the thing. Um, I feel like one of the big things that bugs me um, about Spider-Man not being involved in any way, shape or form is that you can't have the iconic Venom spider symbol. Yeah, that with the white, with the, yeah, that's, that's so like 
they did a good job with, I mean, without including that overall, but like he has this weird visual limbo going on where it's like, he just kind of has these weird milky white veins that don't really mean anything. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, like, come on guys. Like it's a comic movie and the visuals are important. And it's like the big iconic thing they just can't have. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know it, even though you can't do that, you could at least, I feel like they should have had some sort of alternate pattern or thing. So you still have the general broad strokes of like what he looks like on a conceptual level. I don't know. It's like, they kind of, I don't know. It's like in a lot of movies, you'll see this where they, they just rely on like quick cuts and camera tricks and stuff so that they don't have to like pony up as much dough for the CGI or whatever it is. And so I feel like the, the visuals kind of suffer as a result. You don't have like a clear, like, like say, see what you will about certain comic book heroes, but they have like a very defined look and profile and silhouette. Right. Like if you look at Iron Man, it's fucking Iron Man. Like, you know, you have that look, right. You have that, profile with like the the metallic stuff and the the like curves and whatever like however he's like proportioned yeah and the same thing with like a captain america with the profile of the shield like all these characters have this like iconic thing like spider-man like yeah you know, well, he has... it's because it's a primarily visual medium in comics too absolutely and spider-man has this thing like he has his iconic poses like the way he yeah. moves his fingers to do the webbing or like how he'll crouch against a wall like he has these like the the body language and visuals of the character does a lot of the like you know mm-hmm. expressing of it and it's like i feel like you're missing out on a lot of that with venom because they have to kind of like be all coy about the yeah. character's origins he can't have he can't have a spider on him and every incarnation of venom has had a spider on him asian venom 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 space knight anti-venom <laughs> well they've all a- they've all had a spider motif because <clears throat> he's re- he's you know sp- a spider-man character well, the thing is, in the comics, um, his whole his whole like power set and like skill set, if you will, is essentially based off Spider-Man because it yeah. first bonded with Peter Parker, who was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So unless you was... count the Deadpool uh, theory, eighties <laughs> retcon. Yeah, that's yes, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice deep cut there for us Deadpool fans. Um, but anyway, he uh, yeah, I mean, like he whenever he's uh, like traversing the city and stuff. Like it's yeah. the same stuff. So like he's literally using webbing, which is like a symbiote version of it. But yeah, like I don't know. It's just like it's so, <laughs> it's so it's so removed from the original stuff. And yeah, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of overkill in certain <laughs> respects, where it's like they go out of their way to differentiate it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you don't necessarily like. I don't think they're gonna. Why couldn't you know Venom have just seen a spider, thought it looked cool, and 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 used the and and set up an emblem? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's stuff you can do. With, I, I feel like they just they get so like carried away with, oh well, we don't want to be anywhere remotely near that because then somebody will accuse us of copying or we'll get. I don't know. Well, I mean, no, in this particular stuff, case, but... I'm pretty sure it was it was mostly legal crap um, yeah. and licensing and and oh anyway. boy. When are we ever going to do that episode on copyright? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But this, yeah, it's just... So, it, you know, like, copy. if you think you're going to like Venom, if you like Venom, it's it's a worthy watch. The it, the effects are good. The big fight at the end is great. Oh, yes. Well, well um, we can say there's some positive things to say about visuals. Um, they did a really good job with Carnage, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that was one thing I was worried about. I was like, okay, they better not screw up the look because if they screw that up, it ruins the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, no, they, they, they got Carnage down, which is good because, well, you need to. But Carnage also is a lot easier because he's just, you know, a blob of 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 venom symbiote mixed with blood. Yeah, basically. And um, 
he doesn't have an emblem. So his whole thing is is having tendrils rip, whipping ripping a like whipping off of him at all times, and they did that. So right. yeah, it's like he just got out it's of a much shower e- of blood it's a much easier times. visual motif. Right, right. But at the same time, at least that means they they were able to get it right. <laughs> Yeah, no, as far as like <laughs> you're talking about earlier about, you know, not having to worry about sequels or whatever. It's like, oh, OK, well, he just unceremoniously eats Cletus Cassidy's head and Shriek is also dead, I think. Well, yeah, but that was in the old universe. Who the hell knows what's going on now? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? You can just kind of snap your fingers and uh... then ti- to, to quote a show you've never seen. It, everything's all timey wimey and wibbly wobbly now. So, yeah, Doctor Who stuff. No doubt. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's like I'm kind of have <laughs> kind of mixed feelings about that. Where it's like, okay, well, on one level, it's like, oh, this is exciting. They're gonna tie this into other stuff I'm already interested in. But uh, in a, on a on a like instinctual narrative level, it kind of like cheapens the whole experience. It's like, oh, but none of that really matters because it doesn't really count, you guys. Yeah, and it's like, Meh, okay, I that mean, was that was the main reason when I got out of the movie. It's like it was all a dream, that kind of a thing. You yeah. Know? It, it had a cop-out ending, and that was why when I got out of the movie, I immediately said, so I've done the homework, and I've got opinions. <laughs> because I really don't know what to make of this movie. I don't, I, like, yeah, it was... Yeah, it's hard. Blah, blah, blah. But I think we've we've commiserated over that long enough as well, because it's like, we've been going for an hour, and... Um, got any mean, final thoughts? Kind of, yeah, um, I don't know, I, mean, I think we kind of already covered the main, like, the, the takeaway... Uh, in the pre-spoiler section where I was like, hey, fan of Venom, fan of the first movie, absolutely watch this. Uh, yeah. Are you not particularly invested in any of this? Then don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's... And this is coming from a hardcore Venom fan who grew up with the, the character in the 90s and read all the comics, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, if I'm saying to non-fans, eh, who cares? Then yeah. that, mean, that, that, uh, that says it all right there. What can I say? I'm not trying to, I'm not a, you know, I'm not proselytizing, right? You know, yeah. like, I don't feel like, you know, it's not, it's not my job to sell their shit. It's like they should have made a better movie if I was going to yeah. enthusiastically recommend it. Very true. It's fun. It's worth a watch if you like that kind of thing, especially if you love the first one. Cause like I said, in many respects, it's more of the same. But yeah, you know, it's like, it's not as powerful the second time around. That's all there is to it. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that was from Lethal Protector. Okay. Interesting. Sorry. So um, here's a, something that I think would be a fun little cap here. Yeah. What do you? What was your favorite bit in the movie, and what was your least favorite bit? Um. So my favorite bit would definitely be the chicken, the captain and Tennille. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, him refusing to eat them because he had because he had pack bonded with these two random chickens. <laughs> um, least favorite bit. Um, the pacing. I feel like that's kind of a cop out because I said that already. Um, like an actual bits. Um, well, I just mean like I, I don't mean like a bit like hey, this is a comedy bit. I mean I just mean like what was your favorite moment or you know scene or whatever, and what was your least? The favorite? captain Tamil definitely definitely got a laugh out of me, and I was like, yeah, and that that sticks with me. And then the part where Venom broke with Eddie and went and cried and cried at a rave. Um, oh right, yeah. Yeah, entirely, entirely pointless. Didn't need to happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I got to agree with you on that, actually. Uh, Between it not being particularly entertaining and just being so unnecessary and taking up runtime. That's definitely the worst. Yeah, that was at a premium in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I don't know. They make some weird choices on the things that they dedicate time to in some of these movies, you know? It kind of reminds me of uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, where it's like, oh, 
hey, we have all this stuff going on. We have a lot of stuff to cover you guys. Hey, let's go on a scavenger hunt that's ultimately yeah. immaterial for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. what? No, why? Why are you doing this? Although my, my <laughs> although the worst part in that in that movie was still definitely somehow Palpatine has returned. Uh, don't even get me started. Somebody got paid to write that line, <laughs> and it's it's a fucking crawler, bro. <laughs> like, isn't this isn't this important enough to be in the actual fucking movie? Yes. Like, come on. <laughs> like an episode, uh, the entire. I'm sorry to be, I'm sorry to keep banging this drum, but I I can't help it. Go for Star it. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Everything that transpired in that movie could have just been a crawler. Could have just well, been a crawler. Yeah, that's why it's cut out of it's entirely cut not, out of machete order. None of it was really important, and you would have had plenty of time to actually develop the proper conflict of the Clone Wars and to have a proper descent to the dark side. You didn't have to rush through all that shit in two movies. Well, there's there's one there's one part that was important in Phantom Menace, and that was Battle of the Fates. Right. Right, but I mean, but that could have been in a different just, movie. That could have uh, just been in the sec- Yeah, that could have just been in the next movie. Like, there's no reason that couldn't have. Yeah. Anyway, point is, why are you dedicating several minutes to Venom sulking at a race? Yes, like, exactly. what? What is this? What's happening right now? That didn't need to happen. Also, it, also, I he like, killed like four people. Uh, wait, what? He just burned out like four people while he was doing that too. Oh, oh, you mean like he used them up like in the. In the original yeah. movie with like the trials and the, the zombiness and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is that on a narrative level and on a like character relationship level, it kind of like cheapens the whole concept of the like symbiosis when he's just hopping from person to person like that. Yeah. It's like it, I thought that he needed him to survive and vice versa. This was like a truth. But it's like, no, at any time I can just kind of sulk off and have a little hissy fit and kill some innocent schmuck. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, you know, makes the character a lot less likable. When you're yeah. just dropping random fools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, that, I'm a lethal protector, that, but so, I'm going to have a hissy fit and like kill a few people. Yeah, actually, that, that's, that, that, that is something else that I could complain about. Venom's characterization was shit in this movie. Yeah, it's like all over the place. His characterization was just whatever needed to be the characterization to get a cheap laugh instead of actually yeah. caring, caring about the characterization. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to buy that lethal protector shit when he's all flaky and letting innocent people die. But yeah. Anywho's. Um, we'll talk about something else next time. I don't know what it'll be. There's I always do an the, episode uh, on Costco, but uh, I don't think anyone else gets. <laughs> There's always the, the What If series. We can always touch on that at some point. I mean, I'd have to watch it, though. And I really don't like the art. Yeah. But. Not like I I I tried to watch some of it, but like the art just hurt my eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I could li- I, I suppose I could put on a blindfold and listen to it, but um, <laughs> well, we just Salus is primarily a visual medium. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, things and stuff. We- Yes, we'll, we'll 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 work that out for the next recording. So, in the meantime, this has been Neil and the one true Mike. Yep. And we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It's brought to you by the letter Y and the number X. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. Interstitial this week was Darkseiland, also by Kevin MacLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, liking it, commenting, subscribing, hitting that bell for notifications, rating, following, whatever it is you do on the platform you're listening to that builds the algorithm for discovery. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website 
a reoccurring one at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. New Patreon rewards and exclusive content are coming soon, as soon as I figure out how to do that, how to make that process happen regularly. A final thought. Seriously, in movies, pacing is important. And if you don't get the pacing right, your movie can fall flat. <laughs>